0: Andrew, Jerry, how's it going? It's so good to be back. This is the Android Central podcast for Friday, September twenty first, twenty eighteen. Guys, did you miss me? Did, did you? Can you pretend to miss me? Contractually
1: <laughs> obligated to say yes, but also yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the shoutouts. It's, uh, it's been it's been it was fun catching up on those three episodes I missed. One from Efa, you guys. We're, uh, we're chatting all about the announcements there one a uh, couple from back home mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean if if uh, you know I'll, I'll I'll sort of dive right in I I had a baby my wife had a baby she's her name's Talia she is two weeks old now she's happy and healthy and poops a lot which is good we've been told that you need to fill a certain number of diapers per day new parents will know exactly what I'm talking about it's always a struggle to Make sure that they're getting enough food, but yeah, she's she's awesome. Um, Jerry, you remember what it was like being up at three in the morning? I'm sure. Yep, yep. It's yep. fun. It's fun. It's uh, it's a it's an experience, and then coming back to work is uh, is an even harder uh, adjustment because you know I was off for two weeks, up all hours of the night, and then now I have to adjust to kind of pretending um that there's a normal routine again so you know i have to be in bed at a, at, a, at a regular time even though there's no such thing so yeah it's uh, it's fun our first um, post will be up on the site tuesday right <laughs> <laughs> well there i did write about a a bag that i really love and um it was something that i'd been meaning to write for like a month and i was and i came back from my time off and i was like this kickstarter campaign that uh, it was for a Peak Design bag that Andrew knows is like top of the top of the line. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I have to write something, but my brain is so mush. I don't even know if that was in English. I just, I, I think it was in English. So, um, red fine to me. It, oh, good. Okay, and you and, and you are also going to be probably using that bag just as much as I will in the coming slated to because, receive one. Yes yeah that thing that thing's amazing if you don't know it's a peak design travel backpack 45 liters uh the kickstarter campaign ended yesterday as of recording so you can't pick one up yet but it's coming out for uh for everybody else in december and um anyway tangent i I love how
2: they you know tell the size of bags in liters yeah isn't (laughs) it cool it's a bottle it, it, of Jim Beam is 750 milliliters.
0: Well, <laughs> so it reinforces I convert the fact that. that metric is the correct, uh, it, it, it's the correct unit of, uh, of volume and, and I mean, some distance and everything else.
1: It's not like I would know any better if the bag was listed in cubic inches. So, well, you, you know, convert it well. into
2: liquor bottles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be a heavy bag.
0: Um, it would be actually if uh, you were trying to transport 45 liters worth of Jim Bean. I don't think you would be able to get on the plane. Let's just say.
2: Oh, I'd, I'd find a way.
0: You'd find a way. Jerry finds a way. That's I think a new, all the money
2: uh, you'd save from buying them little tiny bottles for five ninety five each. God, I hate
0: that. That's actually a really good idea for like a regular column on Android Central. Just Jerry finds a way. <laughs> oh, God, uh, you don't want no, no. You can have your own version mm-hmm. of Jerry rig everything except. Your name is actually Jerry. I remember when I first started watching Zach's videos, I I think everybody in the comments thought his <laughs> name was Jerry. So, yeah, you should definitely have your own version I'm, of that. I'm
2: actually That's my nickname is from Jerry Rig. Because uh long story, but
0: yeah. All right, so let's get started on the um on the actual meat of this podcast. Andrew, you didn't have to go far yesterday no to travel to amazon's hardware event you live basically next door to the sphere mm-hmm. this new office building that's also like a a, a green space a forest terrarium uh, in- terrarium tank. looks beautiful it's it looks like it's humid in there i is it
1: it is. I don't know. it is they have it was kind of weird because they they held the event on the top floor which is really close to the the top of the dome and so you're getting you know lots of light in through the through all the glass but then there's this big living wall right next to where they're doing the event and like every five minutes these big misters go off to drop water all down this living wall, and everybody, every single time, just kind of turns over and is like, "Is that supposed to be happening?" And this goes on for an hour and fifteen minutes while the guy's on stage. Well, at so least they weird. removed
2: the howler monkeys.
1: <laughs> yeah, It, it had a, it had a very zoo like feel, except for the animals. Uh, it's also
0: funny because it's like you're when you're walking around a grocery store, and every once in a while, they just miss the kale.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that that was this except for it's like really exotic like plants from Mongolia or something. Okay, so within the sphere
0: um in between the spurts of mist you have a bunch of hardware announcements and we're going to spend the whole podcast today talking about what Amazon announced, what um and and I just want to warn you now if you have a an Amazon Echo in your room, we're going to be saying the hot word a lot in the next few minutes or oh, in the next man. 40 or five minutes or so. So put it on mute if you don't want to start screaming in agony over us activating your Alexa.
2: <laughs> I forgot to put duct tape over the microphone on my TV.
0: Oh, poor Gary. It's okay. up there. All right. So, Andrew, let's get started with the more kind of, um, I-, I would say the more Obvious updates to Amazon's lineup, we have a new Echo Plus uh, and a new Echo Dot. And these are the, the most popular of the Alexa products Amazon sells. The, even though the company never provides numbers, it does say that the Amazon Echo Dot is the best-selling speaker on Amazon, period. Um, yeah. Let's talk about what has changed between the second-gen and third-gen version and
1: what hasn't. Okay so it's the as far as the dot goes it's the same basic functionality and this is but there was kind of this common thread between the new dot and the new plus that they got a little bit bigger Uh, a little bit softer because now they have this fabric outside and they both focused on better audio quality. The Dot was the best-selling speaker on Amazon for sure, but it was not the best-sounding one even in its price category because for for $50, you can get a pretty good Bluetooth speaker uh, that sounds a lot better than the Dot. Uh, They... Upped it to a 1.6-inch driver inside. I think it used to have a 1.1 or 1.2-inch driver. And the thing is uh, physically larger. The, it's not just the fabric around the outside. It's actually a bigger puck it's still small. It's still like it's still fitting the dot name. It's still going to be easy to put these wherever you want. Uh, it still has the physical buttons on the top for volume up and down and uh, mute and listen. Still has the array of four microphones on the top. So uh, it still has the auxiliary out jack as well, which is important. We'll talk about the other devices that kind of replace that functionality, but it still has it. So inside is all the same, except for a larger speaker, which uh, I'll say it doesn't sound amazing. It it doesn't sound even as good as you know the first original Echo, but it's, it's getting there. I'd say it sounds just as good as a uh, Google Home Mini, and obviously that's the direct competitor in it. So it makes sense that it sounds as good.
2: Well, one thing that really amazes me about those little things, and Daniel, you'll get it right away. They've got multiple microphones listening while a speaker is blaring and they do it without a feedback loop. That's difficult to engineer in that small of a device. So I give them credit if it sounds even a tiny bit better, that was hard to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a much larger driver in there and I think Amazon realized that the, the Echo Dot was probably too small for what it was, right? It, it did need to be a speaker yeah, a lot of people were fine using it. For voice, it. but not right. for music. For, for voice, but at the same time, A Amazon knows exactly what's going through those speakers. So it <laughs> you knows <think>? what <laughs> So it knows what echo, you know, which people are using the dot for music. And i I'd, I'd venture to say a lot of them inadvertently end up using it, right? The, those, the, the same people that use their phones as speakers. Right. And making a somewhat better sounding, uh, a larger driver and a, and a larger reservoir to give you at least a hint of bass is probably all the average Echo Dot user wants out of a, out of a $50 device. Um, it'll be interesting to see because of the legacy of that auxiliary output or auxiliary input um, where you can plug in a powered speaker or even connect a Dot to a, a Bluetooth speaker, whether... This will be um used on its own more so than the existing dot products because Andrew there was another um echo product that Amazon announced that eschews the speaker portion itself yeah and basically just acts as an you know an Alexa input for that
1: uh for a powered speaker that you already have so this is the echo input and so this is a very interesting product that kind of freed them up to do a bigger speaker and a bigger package for the dot. Uh, it's just the top third of, an, of a new Echo Dot. It's the same hard plastic. It, ju- it has the same four microphones and the same listen and mute buttons, just no volume buttons. And all it has is Bluetooth and aux out. It doesn't have a speaker on it in any way. So this is something that you're going to you know, 3M double-sided tape to your stereo or on the front of your, you know, prominently where it can listen to you in your uh, home entertainment system or whatever, and you slink an aux cable back to the, uh, you know, whatever big speakers you have, they know how many people are plugging these things into external speakers. And we've advocated for that. If you don't like how even the Echo Plus sounds, you can plug in an Echo Dot. And we were like, oh, it's $49 or, you know, sometimes on sale for less. Uh, so the, the only weird, so this makes sense. It's like a Chromecast audio in, in that way, except for you talk directly to it.
2: Exactly what I've been wanting. A Chromecast audio with assistant built in is what I've been asking for for a year. Amazon beat them
1: to the punch. And, and the only weird thing for me is that the thing is only $15 less than a Dot. So if there's ever a thought that you would use this or want to use this on its own, you should just get a dot. They both have the exact same functionality. The dot is obviously a little bit bigger. It's like three or four of these inputs stacked on top of one another. But it's a little odd that, you know, $35 is obviously impulse purchase for so many people. But this is what the dot is going to be on sale for you know around prime day and around the holidays it's not you're not going to have to pay $49 for a dot every time it's going to be 35 like the input is this is just kind of a recognition from Amazon that there are a lot of people that want to plug in to uh, a different set of speakers and they don't want to pay for a redundant speaker do you know the first
2: thing i thought of when i saw the uh, the echo input is yeah, that'll be free when you buy a good set of powered speakers from Amazon right around the holiday.
1: And Amazon is the king of doing bundles for these things. Yep. So it's it's not. It wouldn't be surprising if you could get a dot and an input together, or a plus and an input together, or, or whatever.
2: But they th- this lets them, you know, if you're buying a half decent pair of speakers, you know, for your PC or for a television, this gets you to use
1: Alexa too. So. Amazon wins. And uh, so we should also mention that the new Echo Plus isn't all that interesting. It has a new fabric-y design, so it doesn't look like the old one anymore. Uh, it has, it's, they didn't give any specifics. It's just louder and clearer and has more bass. I'll, I'll give them that. It does sound better, but functionality-wise, it's effectively the same. It has a temperature sensor in it now as well which just kind of feeds into their smart home stuff. But the, the dot and the input are kind of the truly, you know, notably changed or new things. The plus is kind of the same.
2: You're boring. Oh my God. (laughs) That temperature sensor, that just got my mind ticking because yeah, I'll be able to go, you know, even if I have to use a a third party bridge of some sort, that's a remote sensor from my nest.
0: No, but it's not, it's, never going to work with your nest it's a remote sensor for whatever company um, amazon is either planning to buy to come out with its <laughs> own alexa powered um, thermostat or right. it's going to build its own and but. i think that's brilliant because right now ecobee seems to be the major competitor to nest ecobee has this brilliant setup where it uses its own temperature sensors that you could put in any room and Amazon, I think if, if it's not going to buy Ecobee itself, it may just try to copy that exact functionality. And hey, if we have a temperature sensor in a couple of places inadvertently because of an Echo Plus or two, that just makes it all the, all the easier to do it.
2: See, I can see them partnering with somebody like Honeywell rather than buying or, or building their own because this is Amazon. They are, they're great at that. They do that better than anyone else.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting you say that because the company has made some very strategic acquisitions over the last couple of years, Blink and most notably Ring. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Ring doesn't have anything uh, to compete with Nest Thermostat or Ecobee, but it's very possible that in the future that will change. Um, at the same time, you're right. The Alexa API is so flexible that I, you, you're absolutely right. They could just say, hey, we're going to let this part of the Echo plus work with existing thermostats if you want to allow your thermostat to use this temperature sensor I, I, it, it's probably a standard of some sort, right um I would assume, yeah, so yeah, I mean absolutely, and Andrew, I also want to emphasize you're boring in another way <laughs> this is okay so the the echo plus being more being louder and clearer to me is so interesting for a couple of reasons, one. Amazon does not have a Max. It doesn't have something yeah, to compete with the Google Home Max or the HomePod. It doesn't compete with Sonos in terms of sound quality. But here's a company that updates its best sounding speaker with a new look that you won't be embarrassed to have in your living room. That's but Not true. only that, it comes out with stereo pair capabilities, so you can hook two of these up together, and... and? The Echo Sub, boom, Mm -hmm. which is going to pair with both of them wirelessly and give you what is essentially a 2.1 surround sound, or no, a 2.1 stereo system that doesn't have any wires and essentially, and we'll get to this later, competes with Sonos at like a quarter the cost. Um, We argued about this for a long time in our chat yesterday, whether it actually competes with Sonos, but I'm looking at this bundle where you get two... Echo Echo Plus and a sub speakers for three hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah. Andrew,
1: this is kind of insane. Yeah. So why don't we get into it now? Then I, I, you're right. I shouldn't dismiss the audio improvements in the Plus, but uh, because I think the but, the, but I think that the bigger part is the bundle and the pairing and all of that kind of stuff that they introduced. So you can do so that the sub itself is only one hundred and twenty nine dollars, which considering the size of this thing and the fact that it does actually sound really good uh, when paired with an Echo Plus is kind of crazy that it's only $129. You kind of expect it to be in the $200-something range. but it So it's this big subwoofer, but it's cheaper than the Plus, which is very interesting. And you can also do a 1.1 if you want. If you just have one Echo Plus, you can have just the sub connected to it. And the important thing is that... They connect wirelessly directly, so you can then address them as a part of a multi room audio or a multi speaker group. So it's one group, so it never gets out of sync or anything like that. Those, you know, one or two uh, Echo pluses combine with the sub and it stays in sync. There's no remote or controls or anything for for the sub the sub doesn't have any buttons on it or anything it's just a power plug on the back and that's it but you can turn up and down the bass of the sub through your voice with the echo plus so you you know the one that it's paired to you can say you know set the bass to you know one out of ten just like you do with the volume on the echo plus itself it's really tough to tell you have to kind of listen to your own music through used to and compare it to other speakers, but it really does add a lot to the Echo Plus because the size of the thing can't offer bass pretty much at all. So the nice thing is when they pair up, the Plus just does the high end, it, it doesn't try to do any of the bass, it hands off all the bass to the sub, which is exactly what you want it to do. Okay, so Jerry, let's talk uh, specs a little bit. Um, because
0: Amazon is not known for producing high quality audio products, right? right? The 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 original Echo, the last year's Echo Plus, they're not great at all. I mean, they're in, it's in, actually they're quite, I would say, bad. They're thin. Oh, yeah. They they don't sound. They don't reproduce music accurately, uh, but they do the job, and many people are quite. Happy listening to music through them. Both of us, I think, have a little bit of a bias because I—I I know you are, and I certainly consider myself to be an audiophile. I have a ton of Sonos equipment in my house. Um, I have—I had a HomePod for a while. Um, I have a Google Home Max in my living room right now. The Google Home, the smaller one, actually sounds pretty warm and and much better in my opinion than even last year's Echo Plus. Right. So. Let's talk about how much the even if like let, let's say the Echo Plus of the Sears Echo Plus is slightly better sounding. How much does an Echo Sub really add if it's not necessarily accurate bass, if it's just giving you that low end that you may be missing.
2: Well, it it depends on how they're doing it. If they are using the the electronic components inside the the Echo Plus to actually send the frequencies that it should be sending only to the sub and not reproducing them through the Echo Plus itself, the sub could make a very dramatic difference because you're going to be able to increase the volume without creating extra distortion because it's not going to be shaking as much. You've got the sub that's going to be doing all the long bouncing and shaking. Uh, that's not going to improve anything on how tinny and ear bleeding they sounded before. So I hope they address that. I haven't, you know, haven't got to hear them. Only Andrew, and Andrew doesn't care how things sound because he's an evil, <laughs> evil man. Well, also,
0: he—I mean, to be fair, he was hearing it in in a sphere in a forest.
1: So oh, no, th- this was in a different building. So they did have a a very nice kind of home layout. Where they had you know various kitchens and family rooms and offices and stuff like that, so it was at least in that situation, but it was a room with like thirty people in it, and you know everybody's you know asking Alexa to play a new song every twenty five seconds so and turning the bass up and down yeah. I, it, it I, is I mean to jerry's point i I think that they're doing what I, my understanding is they're doing what Jerry's talking about there is no bass coming out of the Echo Plus. You know, all of the signal for the bass is being sent to the sub right there. So that's great. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Then then on the site, on Amazon's um, Echo Sub listing, uh, it says that the crossover is between 120 and 150 hertz, which just shows you how... Um, the echo speakers are lacking in bass. Right, if they need to intercept the low end at 120 hertz, because yeah, the average subwoofer, low, right. you know, will will have a crossover at 80 hertz, 60 hertz, sometimes depending on how well made they the the actual um, bookshelves are or the stand up speakers. Um, I have a pair of stand up speakers in my office that go down to 80 hertz right i mean they they can operate many stand-up speakers can operate as their own subwoofer Um, amazon acknowledges the fact that its echo speakers are not meant for that purpose but Mm -hmm. did you also notice the sub can reproduce 30 hertz right which is it can rumble it it can rumble right Um, now the question is you know the six inch woofer we haven't heard the quality of it yet but a lot of cheap subs create rumble at the expense of accuracy. And the larger question here is, is this just filling a gap that a few people wanted, or is it actually meant to compete with the more expensive and undermine a lot of the more expensive solutions from companies like Sonos? And that gets into a a, a co- sort of a higher level t- uh, conversation of, this is not necessarily aimed at audiophiles, but then mm-hmm. who is this subwoofer aimed at?
2: I, I'll tell you, when we were talking about you know competing with Sonos, I, they're competing with Vizio. If you remember not too long ago, Vizio brought out this great TV soundbar and subwoofer, subwoofer setup, and it sounds great. Phil talked me into buying one because the new TV we bought from my bedroom, the sound on it was just horrible. I had to do something. And it sounds good. I'll bet this sounds just a little bit better. And the price is about the same. And it's not a sound bar. I can set speakers where I want them and put the sub back behind the dresser and not have to look at it.
1: I I think that they could have, instead of doing the sub, they could have and probably should have done something more like a HomePod or Google Home Max. An all-in-one type of situation. Because what they're doing here... They're making it really cheap, and it's just another... Uh, we saw lots of this yesterday. There was accessories for your Echo, and that's basically what this is. It's an accessory you add to an Echo Plus that you're already, already getting rather than getting something entirely new. But Amazon's thing up to this point has been just get the one speaker. You just you get the dot for the room or you get the Echo Plus for the room. I, they could have maybe made something it could have looked like the sub you can make it look exactly like this but just in the very top of it just give it the whole echo part and the additional speakers i don't know if that's additional audio work and a lot more difficult maybe they didn't think that they could compete directly with the google home max but they're making a bundle with two echo pluses and a sub that's the same price as an uh, as a google home max okay so here is another
0: um question that I have. There was no talk of combining an Echo Plus or two Echo Pluses and a subwoofer with a Fire TV and using them as television speakers, Uh, which I think is an omission here because Amazon is really making a play for Prime Video, for its Fire TV Cube, for owning the Television experience as much as an Apple or a Google, and arguably it has a better opportunity to do it than Google because we're sort of in a transition period with Chromecast and Android TV is not ubiquitous the way that the Fire TV ecosystem is. So Andrew, um, did they hint at all that that would be coming in a future update, or
1: is it even possible to pair uh, one you know this bundle with a Fire TV? It is not possible whatsoever. So this is they were very explicit that this is just for music playback it maxes out at 2.1 you can't add additional speakers to go to 4.1 5.1 anything like that and they uh, on the the product page says it's specific, like it says echo sub only supports music playback well, I mean, that's—I mean they couldn't be any clearer about it, but I agree with you. This would be an extremely smart thing if they could figure out the latency and get it paired up, even if it only worked with the higher-end Fire TV, not the dongle or their stick. Okay, so
0: let's go back to July when Roku, which is a, sort of a, a low-key but very, very dominant player in the smart TV space— announced its own pair of wireless speakers that work exclusively with roku televisions Mm -hmm. and at the time i was like this is dumb why would you ever make a pair of speakers that only works with a television powered by your own devices you're basically cutting off um you know you're you're cutting off millions of potential customers and then i discovered that in in the u.s one in four tvs is powered by roku yeah like it's not a small number and then the product made a whole lot of sense to me.
2: I double-checked the Echo Plus has a line input, aux input. I, I'll bet you give me enough cables and enough liquid ambition, and I can make <laughs> a 2.1 sound system for my television.
1: I, I kind of feel like that system would really only work for the type of people that are buying this, this setup if it were just purely wireless.
0: It, it, absolutely. I mean, let, let's like not even try to hack a, a solution together. It's just, I mean, I love the ambition, but let's talk about Amazon's goal here. This is just not their goal yet. Um, no, well, not with this, but they
2: made something that that they also uh, their their amp and their what's it called the
0: line. Input. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 move oh, on the, to that oh, because yeah, there are yeah. like a thousand devices to get through today. <laughs> um, okay. So plus and. Uh, sub can be paired together. Obviously, you can use the sub needs an Echo product of some sort, but it doesn't necessarily yeah. need a plus.
1: It can be it an Echo speaker, be, but it has to be a second gen. So it has to be a second gen Echo or second gen Plus. They didn't talk about it pairing with a Dot or an original Echo or Echo Plus. No. Yeah, yeah. From, Why would from you a ever quick want-
2: look through it, it it probably uses Zigbee to set up uh, a, a a line of communication. So Maybe the Echo 2nd Gen doesn't
0: support Zigbee, though. I thought for sure it did, looking yesterday. No. Because the the Echo Plus had a big... It was a big deal that the Echo Plus had Zigbee oh, okay. support. okay, that's what I was thinking of the in. Echo Plus, yeah. Okay. But I'm sure Ignore it has something, something else. Maybe... What's that one? Thread? No, maybe it probably doesn't have Thread.
2: Maybe it. Well, it's it's using some sort of wireless protocol that it's a separate channel to yeah. get them to talk to each other.
1: But let's talk about the Link and Link Amp for like 15 seconds and move on. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually more <laughs> excited about both of these than probably I know you, you are, Andrew. You nerds. But let's talk
0: Link and Link Amp. So these are uh, these are more solutions for getting Alexa connected to your hi-fi. And uh what is the difference between the Link and the Link Amp because um One is a lot more expensive than the other. And a lot bigger. Yeah, and a lot bigger. And one also, again, looks to be competing directly with a Sonos product that was just announced. That's four times the cost.
1: So the the Link is purely an audio bridge for somebody that wants to have actual um, optical in and out and subwoofer out. They want to plug this into... Like a a, a five point one or two point one system, you know something like that that's already in their their home uh, theater setup. The just regular white white and red and a subwoofer out, and you can just set up your left right speakers. The the Link amp is for people that have uh, more serious systems that are powered speaker or sorry, passive speakers, and they can actually get an amplifier signal out of it, not just the smart part. Does that make sense? So one is an actual amp. The other one is just a passive pass through in, you know, to bring the echo control into your home theater. Say the link amp is like
2: a, uh, an Alexa powered AV receiver is what it is. You know, it's only one channel. You can't switch. Just inputs. audio,
1: though, no video. Right,
2: right. It, but it's it's a. You plug any speakers into it, and you can talk to it and make it do things.
0: Okay, so a lot of people, I think, are going to be confused. Why would you buy an Echo Link? I can understand an Echo Link. Like, I can I can understand the amp portion of it because you have legacy speakers that you know have traditional speaker wire. Uh, you don't really have a reason to to. You don't really need to uh have an av receiver in your setup anymore because you're plugging all your peripherals directly into your tv uh maybe you have a um you know a, a sound bar of some sort so why uh, and so you have that your like regular speakers not used anymore why would you want to use an echo link though and, and would it work with your
1: current av receiver or would yeah. it just be completely hmm. separate it, it's it it's hard work. to say why yeah it's hard to say why you would get it, but it yes it it would work I mean basically you would just take you would be able to put this in line using optical with your current audio equipment the the question is I don't understand the link either i think the the question there would be why would you ever need the link if you have other audio equipment you could just use an echo input and use that instead just just over aux uh the only thing that changes this is this turns whatever speakers you have plugged into it into a an easily groupable and targetable echo device so you could do multi-room audio or you can do you know you can send things specifically to it i don't really understand why you would just have the link but the the link the link amp makes sense if you're somebody that doesn't already have an amp. But uh, again, it's kind of weird. Like if you have bookshelf speakers with traditional speaker wire, you're going to be plugging in, you already have an amp. So I I don't get that part either. But the the link really doesn't make sense.
2: I I have the the need for the link right here in my office in front of me. I've got an old, an ancient Yamaha uh, 2.1 receiver from the early 80s. It only has two inputs. One of them is for my computer, that's what I use for my sound. I love the way it sounds. I love the speakers I have with it. It's not smart at all. There's no way to make it smart. The output from that receiver, if I use RCA cables, and as long as it this is a pass through and I'm hundred percent certain it is, yeah, I put a link in between my receiver and my speakers, and then or uh, my input output from my computer to my receiver. That's and true. And then I have a smart, I can say, you know, play
1: Spotify. That's true. Yeah, that that is the one situation. If you have an old receiver that you're not able to just or, give an additional or a input. television. Yeah.
2: I've, I've got a fire TV, but if I didn't have a fire TV coming out of my TV into my soundbar, you know, like the one I just set up in my bedroom, I could put this in its place and If I don't want to watch TV and just want to listen to Spotify, I could just tell it to listen to Spotify.
1: So here's my question, though. The Echo Link is $200, and the Link Amp is $299. There are people that don't even spend that much (laughs) on a receiver in the first place. So if you have your Yamaha receiver from 1993 maybe it's time for a lot of these people, it's time to buy a new receiver and they're just going to go spend $200 on a receiver anyway that has aux in and they'll just do the thing. But
2: yes, but there's also people like me who I don't want to upgrade my receiver because it's got tubes in it. I love the way it sounds. I will never ever find another one like it. So maybe this is where Amazon is actually looking at people who maybe want a little bit of high-end audio.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is it's it's a it's a fascinating play um, because it it is the company is at once trying to um, appease those who want a little bit better sound with the current generation of echo speakers, but also placating the people who may spend much more money on Sonos and other sort of bespoke audio equipment right which and there's so much money to be made in that very very small market
1: and, so and we should say as well that the the link echo link and echo link app amp sorry don't it doesn't turn these things into echoes they don't have microphones or any of the smarts they're simply bringing them online so that they can be Targets for audio right. when you use your actual echo or your or phone. you use your phone or whatever, right? Absolutely, right. Okay, so you still need something to hear you, or right. you
0: could use the new Alexa Cast protocol from mm-hmm. the app to push it to these speakers. So it kind of right. creates that it brings those speak as you said it brings them online. It makes it makes them a target. It makes them a cast target.
1: Basically, with all of these different things, Amazon is just saying we have a million different ways to get every kind of screen and speakers you may have in your house into this setup so that multi-room audio makes way more sense. It's it's just a different approach to Chromecast Audio, which is like you have these little dongles and it's supposed to be a one-size-fits-all you just you hopefully you have an optical or uh an aux in and you just plug into chromecast audio and then they all show up as cast targets these are way more uh situation dependent you know for each type of person and their speaker setups okay
0: so we're there's lots more announcements uh there were tons of them and Mm -hmm. um and and we want to get through them but we have to take a break and talk about our first sponsor uh you heard this sponsor a couple of weeks ago, and guys, you know we've, we're we kind of in love with the Lenovo Smart Display, right? This is something that we've written about tons of times on the site. I have one. Jerry has one. It's, it's great. Um, it takes the Google Assistant to the next level, and I put it in my, in my kitchen recently, and it's become my favorite kitchen hub You know that song, Everything You Can Do, I Can Do Better? Well, that's the smart display compared to a Google Home. This thing does everything a smart display can do, but adds all of these great options that need a screen. I can watch YouTube videos, or check my security cameras, or even call my mom using Google Duo. And when I'm making dinner, I can read the recipes on the screen. And I've actually found that to be really helpful. There are two models, an 8-inch version that starts at $199, and a 10-inch model for $249. And the bigger model comes in this beautiful bamboo finish. It's it's just awesome. We've written about the smart display a lot on the site, as I've said, about how it's better than a speaker, but also about how much more complete a product it is than Amazon's Echo Show, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Google Assistant shines on the Lenovo smart display and you should definitely pick one up for yourself. I mean, yes, full disclosure, Lenovo is sponsoring the podcast, but they also made a great product, and it makes reading this ad a lot easier. So pick up a Lenovo Smart Display starting at 199 and I promise you will not regret it. Like I said last week, the, the company bought me one. I spent my own money and
2: bought another one. I hate spending I mean, that, money.
0: Seriously, like, let, let's... You can talk about the economics of podcast sponsors, right? They tell you what to say. They can tell you how to say it and all that stuff. It's much harder when the product is bad. Right. Right. And this This is is not not a bad bad, product. No. This is a fantastic product. This was something that when Andrew saw it at CES this year, he was like, this is the best product I've seen at the show so far. Although it's not hard when there's almost nothing good at CES anymore, Eh. but this kind of blew us all away, I think.
2: But the the minute my wife saw how it handles recipes, she took one into the kitchen, and I want one as my bedside clock. So I, I actually spent my own money and bought another one, and I never do
0: that. All right, so let's let's actually dive right into that smart display competitor because I think it's really important. This is sort of the the, the showpiece of what? Amazon's new <laughs> Screen Plus Alexa. It's the second-generation Echo Show. Andrew, this received a complete redesign. It's been, from the ground up, it looks almost nothing like the original. And it's supposed to sound better, it has a better screen, and it has more features that may help it compete with Google's Smart Display
1: ecosystem. So tell us a little bit about it. It's it's like an entirely different product, really. Uh, Not only just because of the the physical design of it, because it changed dramatically. They went with speakers that kind of come out of the sides of the back and the wedge part and made it all about the screen on the front, which is now a 10-inch screen, uh, up from seven inches. So that started to bring in a lot more uh, visual aspects. I mean, the original show being a seven-inch display, it just didn't make sense for a lot of media watching. And they're trying to play up the fact that like on the smart displays, you can actually watch video on this thing. Now, you can't watch YouTube. That's a problem. But they announced that you have browsers on this thing now. So you have the Amazon right. Silk browser, a fully featured browser, just like the tablet of the same size. And you have Firefox on there as well. So you you can go to YouTube there and you know, play it on that. That's just a normal browser. It shows up like it's a Fire tablet. I mean, so there is that. But... They were talking up their deals with PlayStation View and with Hulu so that you can just ask Alexa to play a certain show or a certain channel on PS view and it'll play it live or recorded. The screen looks a lot better. It sounds a lot better with the, um, the dual side firing speakers. Uh, they announced a big partnership with Skype for video calls so that you can make Uh, Skype video and audio calls, it actually extends to the other Echoes as well. So it's not just Echo to Echo. It could call somebody's computer or phone as well, which is cool. And they talked a lot. It really got into the weeds pretty quickly when they started talking about the new development uh, opportunities for this. But basically, they're talking about different ways to make responsive visual experiences for the Echo show Uh, the second generation, the smaller version, the first generation and the Echo Spot and kind of having things that scale between them. And Google's facing the same kind of issues with smart displays coming out with all different kinds of sizes. And the big question is, how much content support do they really get on there? And if they don't get a lot of content support, is just having things like Fire TV Recast, Hulu and PS View enough to justify that, they, they of course talked to uh, Daniel, you mentioned recipes, they have this thing where Amazon does these meal kit deliveries, uh, deliveries now, uh, like your blue apron or whatever. And what you can do is open up the kit, and then they have the step-by-step video instructions for the show for that exact kit that you just received. So there's some interesting synergies there where you're not just pulling random stuff off the internet. But it's still, I mean, considering how much the original show bombed, it's kind of uh, a wait and see with the new one. Yeah, I mean, nobody was complaining that the Echo
0: show, I mean, it, it didn't look great. It screen wasn't amazing but nobody was really complaining about the hardware it was what you could do with that hardware and that was so limited with the first generation version right phil kept complaining that you could ask your you you could ask it to say um you know open a nest cam or a ring cam but you couldn't interact with anybody granted you can't do that on a smart display yet um the The ecosystem just didn't feel ready. There, there wasn't enough visual context for all of the things that you could ask Alexa. Yeah. Whereas Google took the time and made Assistant visually appealing. But the fact that Google had all of this knowledge graph data anyway really just made it more of a... It made more sense to bring Assistant to the screen. Do you think we're there yet, even with 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 these new...
1: Additions to the Echo Show? Oh, well, so they introduced this new thing called Alexa Presentation Language or APL, which is their system for creating, uh, for developers to create visual experiences uh, that's mostly just in HTML and JavaScript. Thing So it's basically they explained it as you can make it as simple as a basic web page that when you ask Alexa to do something and it triggers your company's skill, you can have it display things and it doesn't have to be dramatically interactive, but they're trying to make it as simple as possible to have something to show you when somebody uh, to show the customer when they ask for something on a visual screen. Uh, or something that has a screen and it's not right now that's not the case they you can ask the echo show a lot of things and you just get a response like you would on a regular echo without a screen and that's a problem but they they've done
2: better than any competitor in that space with their build your own skills uh they're called blueprints it's a blueprints.amazon.com i'm let me double check that.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it.
2: Yes. And you go there and it walks you through. You, you you can do this. if If you can turn on your phone and use it to listen to a podcast, you are more than skilled enough to build an Alexa blueprint, which is very important.
1: Basically, what they're trying to do with APL is make – making a visual component to your skill kind of a base level thing that you do when you create a skill. Um, they said that for echo devices with a screen, people use twice as many skills as they do on an audio only device, I can imagine, which is, yes. which is massive because once you find out that a skill works and it has something visual for you to use it's much easier to understand and it's easier to go through the multiple steps of a skill whereas with an audio only one if the skill doesn't hit on the first try you're kind of in this no man's land where you don't know what's going on and they're they're improving this a lot they're trying to make it easier for alexa to just hand you off to a skill automatically rather than having to ask to talk to a specific skill and then going from there they're kind of removing those intermediary one or two steps but it's still not as seamless and you can kind of end up in a weird place with a with a non-screened echo where you just don't really know who you're talking to or what you're talking to but with APL you could always have something you know shown to you on the echo show I still don't know if it's just going to take off immediately or you know how many of these developers are going to go for it but when you see those kind of metrics like twice as many skills being used they should they should really do something they showed a lot of different visual components of skills that were just 150 or 250 lines They're, they're not really extensive apps or anything like that very similar to how the smart displays work one thing I've
2: noticed they're doing with the Echo Show kind of it, it's it mirrors what they're doing with, you know, the speaker parts of the other Echo. It works with Ring. It's Ring Ring makes, you know, cameras, alarm systems, baby monitors, doorbells that all have a, a video component. They're not the greatest product in the world, other companies make better products, but Ring is very cheap. And it's plug and play. You hook up hook up your ring camera or your ring doorbell, it automatically works with your Echo Show. It Google Assistant is not the You can buy Nest products and it kind of automatically works, but it doesn't just work and it's a whole lot more expensive.
0: So I um it's it's funny you say that because I've been testing out, I had a ring Doorbell. I replaced it with a Nest Hello uh, a few months ago, and then I got the new Nest Hail door lock um, that mm-hmm. that was also announced at the same time as the Hello. So those work pretty well with the smart display. But you're right; like I can't re- I can't interact with the person at the front door using um, my smart display just yet. But what I've heard is that Google is really Ramping that integration up, and yeah. down the road, a assistant will be very, very heavily integrated with Nest products. Um, and I, I see Google being uh, pretty responsive on this because it has, they, they've integrated the Nest teams into the Google hardware business. Right. So it's not a separate company anymore. It's not run by a separate CEO. I would say this is going to happen sooner than later. But I agree with you. Um, Ring is cheaper. Then nest and it's almost as good um my issue with ring is that it's it doesn't do live recording it doesn't do um continuous recording so you uh your subscription is cheaper but it, you you don't actually have the ability to get like 10 days worth of of uh constant video the way that you can on the on a nest um but at the same time the ring is really really good at recording bits and pieces like if it detects movement it'll record that you can save it um the doorbell is very reliable and yeah overall it's it's a pretty like the the video doorbell pro is a better product than the one i had anyway so i don't i can't speak to its quality but anyway regardless andrew echo show is 229 dollars, which is the same price as the first generation for what is obviously a much better product, much audio, higher quality video. Um, it now works with Skype. You could watch live TV with Hulu or PS view. Um, you'll be able to drop in on other echo products. And I think what's interesting is that there is a hundred dollar discount. If you order two of them. Um, and this is something that Amazon does a lot of where it, Encourages you to buy more than one
1: of the same product for the home, and uh, that's kind of the the thread that runs through all of these announcements from yesterday. Uh, we're going to give you a different solution for each kind of different person, but also d- each room in your house. So maybe you'll have an Echo Show in the kitchen, you have an Echo Plus over in the living room, you put Dots in the kids' room. Uh, I we could touch briefly on the smart plug and inputs you know things like that it's just different little pieces that you can put everywhere and like we've said they, they have crazy deals on the bundles the show is a bit of a tougher sell just like the spot was just because just not as many people like the market's not as big not as many people are looking for that display and when you talk about 229 you know, people say, oh, well, I could get two dots and, uh, a, and a regular Echo for that. And so maybe they eschew the screen in order to get that. But they've at least done the parts to, to really fix a lot of the shortcomings of the original uh, outside of, you know, forcing developers to to come up with good skills for it.
2: I just took a quick look at a, 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 a smart intercom system that, that has a camera and a display that I knew was available. And they're $149 a piece. So as far as putting them through your house to talk to other people in your house, it's $100 more for an Echo Show, and it does nothing more than a Nucleus Intercom that actually uses Alexa.
1: Yeah, you have to be somebody that wants to use all of the show features. Um, So let's talk about a few of the other products
0: that Amazon announced. The first uh, is this it's it's kind of, so it's a smart plug. It works with Alexa. You plug it into an existing outlet and anything that you plug in there, then you can control with Alexa. Uh Jerry, you were pretty excited about this. There are tons of these types on the market from Wemo to, oh, I don't know, like there's tons of these Belkin. little. Comp- Belkin. Wait, isn't Wemo Belkin? I forget. I, I don't yes, know.
2: Yes, yes, I think they are. Oh, they are now? Yeah. Great. What, what really got me on this one though is you don't need an Alexa or uh, any type of hub. You can use these plugs in your phone and set up routines and schedules and everything else through the app on your phone. And because these plugs are connected to wifi,
0: they just work. So they don't have microphones in them. No, no, they, okay. they no, no,
2: that that's a pretty big deal. Uh, you know, uh, other smart plugs will do the same thing, but you need some way to make that happen. There's, you know, you have to trigger it with something else. These just trigger themselves,
1: and they're cheap. And it, yeah, 25 bucks is, you know, that's really cheap. And the, this is part of Amazon's uh, frustration-free setup system. This is kind of the, the poster child of it right out of the box. There's a tiny little barcode on the back. Uh, you open up your Alexa app, you scan the barcode, you plug it in, and it just connects. And that's it. And about 30 seconds later, your Echo Plus or Dot or whatever you have says, We just set up your smart plug. Would you like to rename it? And you can say, Yes, I want to rename it the bedroom lamp. And then it says, Okay, here you go. And it's done. Like that's all the setup. No hubs, no configuration. You can instantly add it to a routine as soon as it's been named. It's it's just dead simple. That's exactly how it should be. Uh, I that's going to lower the barrier for a lot of people to try these things.
2: And you don't need to rewire anything. They plug into
0: an existing plug and leave the second plug free. Pretty inoffensive uh, looking yep. design. So Jerry, what do you think the, the most common use cases are going to be for something like the smart plug? A light. Every
2: yeah. Every light is now, every lamp fixture in your home that you plug into the wall is now a smart light and can come on and turn off when you want it to. That's I'm going to use one for a fan. I like to use a fan when I sleep, but I hate the fan to be on in the morning. When I get up, I crawl out from under the covers, and I'm toasty warm, and the fans hit me, and I'm cold. I want the fan to shut off 10 minutes before my alarm goes off.
1: That's what I'm going to do with it. You can do that with routines. You can set timers to have the things come on and off at certain times and certain schedules. You can think about using this for... Um, If you have a a Christmas tree in the holidays, you can have it turn on and off on a schedule. The types of things that you normally do with those big, bulky, you know, physical timer switches that you plug in, uh, you can do with these things. And you can also – interesting thing, we talked about ring security and all that kind of stuff before. They have – to an integration with these for security, sure when you say that you're leaving it can turn on and off your lights at different schedules, and now it it's not just the smart bulbs you plug in, it can be anything you plug into one of these
2: yes, it could certainly it could work with a motion detector anything that that can use an Alexa skill can trigger this plug to turn on or off,
1: yeah.
0: All right, well, will it work with the uh, new Alexa-enabled microwave that was announced? Oh, dude, I'm buying that day one. (laughs) So, like, every dorm room in every city and every country has one of these terrible $60 microwaves. I remember mine was a Danby or Denby, one of those. (laughs) Um, And it, it sucked, but it did the job. This seems like it's exactly that, just with an Alexa button. Andrew, explain the reason
1: why Amazon announced this. So I actually think it's incredibly important because of the branding that they use. It's an Amazon Basics microwave, but it's one that has their new development kit baked into it. So they have this new um, uh, Alexa Connect kit, development kit that they're trying to pitch to appliance makers uh, so that they can make their devices smart and connect with Alexa with very little development time. You can make a, a microwave, for example, and it just has this little board in it that has all the radios and processors and the operating system that you need to connect it to Alexa right away. This is a perfect example. It's a $60 microwave. Nothing's interesting about it at all, except for now your Echo that's you know in your kitchen probably recognizes that this thing is smart and you can tell your echo to pop some popcorn or a defrost two chicken breasts or whatever. And it knows based on its knowledge base, what to do with those things because microwaves are still extremely dumb and their menu systems are stupid. And you're trying to use this little dot matrix display with a bunch of different uh, buttons to try to set a defrost now it's easier to just do it with an Echo, and they're showing that you can have a smart appliance that isn't a fancy appliance. Up until this point, the smart appliances have typically been from higher-end brands that are more expensive in the first place so they can afford to put the development into you know making these things nicer. It doesn't have to be that way, and Amazon is, is showing that. It's it's frankly extremely important for amazon and it's important that they're using the amazon basics brand to launch it
2: right some some nerds and i it looks like it's a westinghouse built microwave so it's not the greatest microwave in the world i believe it yeah but but it 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 should work fine it's a 700 watt microwave that would cost you 60 bucks anyway
0: right so you're not adding any cost to it you're just getting the alexa that's the point yeah so the cynic in me you go to the listing on Amazon, the first thing it says, now it's easier to defrost peas, make popcorn, use your voice, blah, blah, blah. The second thing it says is auto popcorn replenishment can automatically reorder yes. popcorn when you run low, enabled yeah. by Amazon Dash replenishment technology. The cynic in me goes, this is just another hook that Amazon has to get you to buy more stuff from Amazon. Well, isn't that what straight. everything, Alexa? That is? Well, it, exactly. But this is a little on the nose. And <laughs> I don't know about you, but this strikes me as, I guess, like, I think about myself at 19. You know, I'm in third year university. I'm eating badly. I've gained a bunch of weight. The last thing I need is a really easy way to order more cereal or popcorn or
1: chips or whatever. But this right? is this is the last leg of the of the kind of smart kitchen situation knowing when you cook something is the perfect way to know when to order more they know that you ordered a box of 10 bags of popcorn you just cooked the ninth one it wants to order another box of ten ten 10 bags of popcorn
2: this is a smarter way to do what that Kickstarter project that weighed the egg holder in your refrigerator
1: (laughs) (laughs) or having a, or just having a regular dash button. I agree, Daniel, the Amazon replenishment service in general is a bit on the nose. It's, it's like, well, of course they want to do that. But this is, this really is like half of the Amazon basics microwave is showing other companies what they can do with this, um, Alexa Connect kit or Echo Connect. kit. I can't remember which brand they use for the damn thing. But the other half is, yeah, it's trying to get you to shop on Amazon.
2: Daniel, you're you're a coffee
1: enthusiast.
2: You remember Mister Coffee's disaster where they tried to make a
0: smart coffee maker? I I, I think I do because I, I I blocked it out. I would never drink anything. Okay, from, they from Mr. Amazon. Coffee. They they could have made an Amazon Basics
2: coffee maker that's just like this that you mount under your cabinet all you ever need to do is wash the you know the the filter holder and the the coffee pot itself and it takes care of the rest for you either through an alexa skill or by your voice or whatever and it would have
0: just worked and then they could tell you when you're low on coffee so here's my question um and and we talked about this a little bit offline but i want to i want to I want to take this to the to the next level. So Amazon is making a smart microwave. It's making a whole bunch of gadgets. They're small. They're, they plug in, but they're relatively portable. Um, and they're allowing your microwave to reorder you popcorn. When do they partner with Samsung or even make their own refrigerator that has cameras inside it that allow you to reorder eggs or see what you're low on things like that but the like the question is is it in amazon's best interest to go up market to start building or at least licensing products from companies like ge or samsung or lg to build these appliances that you keep in your in your home for 10 or 15 years or is it better for them to stay down market and a little bit more nimble and let the Samsungs of the world try to eke it out for a once every 15 year refrigerator replacement and focus on $130 echoes instead.
1: I think Amazon wants to focus on the cheaper end of the spectrum. The the fact that they're using Amazon basics for the first device kind of indicates that. I don't think that they're really they don't we we know they play in the value for money with a solid brand people know with the Amazon brand and the Alexa and Echo brands, but that doesn't I mean we talked about this with Sonos. It doesn't scale to the higher end stuff, and I really don't think that it would scale in high-end appliances.
2: I think it's something that they consider on a case-by-case basis. Uh, I use Amazon Replenishment for my bird's food. I get it once a month, but he doesn't quite eat all that I have in a month. So I always have some left over. Now I'm to the point where I have a full bag and half a bag sitting here because I've, you know, each month goes by. I get more than I can use. I wish there was a way that it would help me reorder bird seed well, bird food when i needed it not just on a certain day uh that that's a a product that'll sit forever they they could if there was an easy way to do that that's a weird use case but if there was an easy way to to make sure i get a product that doesn't need to be refrigerated and isn't very perishable to get it when i need it i think that they would evaluate how easy that would be you know to make it happen eggs or broccoli or milk no no that's just not they, they they don't want that market. let Samsung have it.
0: Okay, so maybe this is a logical um, uh, transition into talking about Amazon Express and Amazon Go because this is a company that is trying, at least, to experiment with new forms of retail. And, Andrew, you live in Seattle where the first Amazon Go shop opened last year. Mm-hmm they're planning according to a report in bloomberg to open 3000 up to 3000 amazon go stores Bananas. by 2021 i mean this is a, that's not that is one of the most ambitious retail rollouts i've ever heard and this is a company that right now is pretty new when it comes to the retail game
1: uh, this is also a company that just bought whole foods as well and has a massive network of fulfillment centers. You're
0: absolutely right. I totally blanked on that when I just said that. But you're right. Th- this is also a company that
2: knows who buys what and where those people live and it knows what to keep in each store.
0: So,
2: yeah, you don't I,
1: you, there's not a lot of waste is what you're saying. Right. I don't I don't think there's a lot of waste, but I do think that it's still extremely ambitious ambitious to be talking about 3,000 stores by 2021. Uh, it's the, I mean, we're coming in on the end of 2018 and they have like three Amazon Go stores. But
2: to Jeff Bezos, this is like you and I betting 20 bucks on a poker game.
1: <laughs> if they, if they come up short and they only, only put out a thousand, that's still a ton, <laughs> that's still a ton of, a ton of stores. So I, yeah, I, I get that part, but still this, this shows Amazon's, uh, willingness to go go big. They've done the same with Amazon Fresh. They've done the same with Same Day Delivery with Whole Foods. Uh, the Amazon Go stores are not a... I mean, you could see them doing kind of a combined thing. The way they've done with... Or what they've done with Whole Foods is they bought the Whole Foods. They're not just operating them as grocery stores. They start putting Amazon lockers in there so that you can drop off and pick up Amazon packages. They start having an Amazon customer service desk at the whole foods. So you can handle uh, customer service things. You can get Amazon fresh deliveries, uh, that start from the whole foods because they have all of these, you know, all these food, uh, storage systems and everything like that. You could see them doing something very similar with their current, uh, ideas around the Amazon go stores, that have a lot of the items that people are ordering there are synergies there the crazy part about it is just the scale they're talking or reportedly talking about in you know just a couple of years
0: and this is a company that you know has razor thin margins as it is right they they operate at under 5% profit margin their net income is is almost zero i mean they operated at a loss for years they allowed themselves to operate at a slight uh, a slight profit over the last year or two, I think. Um, but Andrew, I mean, this is like when they bought Whole Foods, they must have considered that this is a long-term play. They're not going to disrupt the Whole Foods um, way of doing things. I mean, they're not completely changing the yeah. the stores themselves, but they're sort of inserting a little bit of Amazon into each one where it makes sense
1: and it's a you're right it's a it's a long term play and it's also in many ways a real estate play and a um mindshare play to where people start to, over time, associate the brands and they just get a little bit more and a little bit more. They start putting in just simple things like the lockers and 10% discounts for Prime members, very small things. But on the back end is where a lot of the bigger things are happening with the logistics of all their warehouses and these new stores and potentially the Amazon Go stores where they're just starting to fill in little gaps that, like Jerry said, they know exactly where every single per like they know which areas order which kinds of things online and now buy offline. So it's a lot easier for them to put together the dots to help their logistics. And I think that's probably the bigger thing than just the customer facing things you see in the stores.
2: Yeah. Well, everybody always says that Amazon operated at a loss for six and a half years. I hate that because... The information they were they were able to, ga- to gather during those those six and a half years was priceless. Well, I mean, they they
0: operated a loss on purpose, yeah. Right, they they just put the profit back into the business so that they could eventually get to this point where they're a trillion dollar company. They 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 they've, they've got two things down pat. They they know what we want,
2: and they know that we want it right now. And that means retail store is the next step. I think this is the smartest thing the company's ever done.
0: I read an, a, a, a headline that was really interesting the other day um, that Amazon is... Ba- it, it basically is now the number three online advertiser behind Facebook and Google. And, it, and it, they only advertise their own products. It. I mean, this is insane. That, yeah. that The Amazon.com website... Has so much search traffic just from searching for products yeah. that the ads that show up at the top of those listings are in such volume that they compete with Google and Facebook. I mean, they're not there yet. They won't, I don't think, ever be there. But until, I mean, they're, 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 it's just insane. Like you think about Yahoo as an online advertiser. Amazon is now a bigger online advertiser than <laughs> Yahoo. Like it's it's bananas.
2: Well, it it. it. It's because they do it so smart that we don't even care. If you go pick anything and look at it on Amazon, down at the bottom, up at the top, those are all ads from other companies. Yeah, You know, recommendations and popular items, that's code word for ads. Uh, you know, this, this company, Casio, paid to have this watch put in here on the page I'm looking at for this microwave. And I don't care because that Casio watch looks kind of cool. I'm going to click it.
0: And that's not any different to when you search for Google, uh, right. search on
1: Google for the same thing. And by the way, that's no different than the way that the shelves at your local grocery store work. Right. They pay for placement in the grocery store too. And now Amazon can do at the grocery store what it does at its own website. When you search for a Google Chromecast on Amazon, you get a sponsored a uh, Fire TV ad at the top. And now when you walk into a Whole Foods, they can promote the things that they want to promote there as well. It's, it just makes sense to the way that they do business.
2: And they know what to promote based on where the store is. It It's just a complete circle and it's it's ingenious. And nobody saw it coming five years ago.
1: So I know that we have other things to talk about, but I do have to quickly mention the Amazon Go stores. That the important thing here to realize is that these are not employee list stores. So people get cashier lists and employee lists mixed up. Even when I was at this Amazon event with a whole bunch of people that cover Amazon, they do not understand that there are still lots of employees at these stores. So that's one of the reasons why I'm skeptical about such a massive expansion The Amazon go stores have more employees per square foot than any typical 7-Eleven, you know, bodega corner market kind of place because they have fresh food that's made on site. They have all kinds of logistics people at all the stores because they move so much product and they have, um, you know, help people. It doesn't always work perfectly. So that's one thing that I'm a little skeptical about. But again, when they're managing Whole Foods, they know how to manage uh, employees, I guess.
0: That's a really, really good point. And I think that clears up a lot of confusion for some people yeah so we're gonna take our second quick break to talk about uh, another sponsor and then we're gonna come back to talk about the the fire tv uh innovations that uh that amazon announced so our our second sponsor this week it's it's brand new and and i'm pretty excited about it because i just discovered this it's a podcast and it's a podcast called tech meme ride home so Lots of people are familiar with TechMeme.com. It's sort of a consolidator for tech uh, news and, and 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 a lot of announcements. Um, Android Central has been featured on TechMeme a bunch of times when we break news, when we review something that they're rounding up. It's it's a very it's a great place to go when you just want to find out the top stories that that happened that day in tech. So the TechMeme Ride Home podcast is basically the web the, the tech meme webpage but for but in podcast form. So it's it's kind of like NPR's marketplace, if you've ever listened to it. It's a daily podcast where you get the top few highlights every five at five or six PM every day. And each one is about fifteen to twenty minutes long. And it's hosted by Brian McCullough, who also hosts the internet the Internet History Podcast, which has been running for four years. He knows what he's doing, and he's uh, great at interviews. He's great at rounding up exactly what needs to be said, and he gives you the headlines, the context, and the conversation around what's happening today in the world of tech. So how do you find it? Well, it's the same way you find the Android Central Podcast. You open up your favorite podcast app. We use Pocket Casts here, but you can use iTunes. You can use whatever you want you search for ride home and then you subscribe to tech meme ride home and obviously while you're there subscribe to the android central podcast as well all right guys so let's let's finish off the the pod talking about the fire tv recast because i like this andrew you kind of when you tweeted about this your mind was blown my mind was blown i think a lot of people were like oh my god this is such an obvious thing but it's super smart. So tell us about it.
1: Yes. And just right off the top, I'll say if you want an even deeper dive, I just talked to Phil Nickinson over on the Cord Cutters podcast, where we just spent a half hour just kind of breaking this down. And he knows so much more about these things. Um, But the reason why my mind started, you know, really racing on this, it was probably one of my biggest announcements from, from yesterday was Amazon is applying its typical simplicity and you know slightly lower prices to an area where this already exists so there are already a few different players in this area of receiving an over-the-air signal hugely popular with cord cutters and then plugging it into a dvr system and letting you stream it anywhere else you want it to your tv your phone or whatever amazon is doing it of course, with a, a nod towards the fire TV, so this is basically instead of them adding a coaxial uh jack on the back of all their fire TVs and letting you plug in an antenna there, they're letting you plug in your antenna and place it wherever you need to place it for the best signal, which is extremely important for these for these. It can mean the difference between getting five channels and twenty five channels, and you put this headless box. Wherever it needs to go, anywhere it can get power and internet, either Ethernet or Wi Fi, you just put it wherever it needs to go, and then now that signal is available to any of your Fire TVs or any phone with iOS or Android. Or and it has a 500 gig hard drive in it.
2: And the the, the 4K Fire TV is only thirty nine
0: bucks.
1: Oh, and the Echo Show.
0: Okay, this is so, genius. genius. Um, we have as you said there are solutions for this elsewhere hd home run being the the biggest name right. yeah and and phil talks about hd home run like it's it's a religion i mean people who know hd home runs they love it but this allows you this is this is wireless so it allows you to put your hd antenna anywhere um and then stream it to your fire tv provided you have a good enough wireless signal um, and
1: well also the the one thing about that that's unique here is that if your Fire TV is within immediate Wi-Fi range of the Fire TV Recast, they'll connect over Wi-Fi directly. So you'll be able to bypass your access point entirely. It won't bog down your local network and it also will dramatically reduce the chances of buffering because the whole idea of of an OTA antenna in the first place is that you get live, live TV, like properly live ahead of cable, ahead of satellite live because it's just coming from the antenna. And if you introduce five or 10 seconds of latency there, that's not cool at all. Even if it's just a couple seconds, you're talking about live sports, things like that, not cool. So this is a very interesting idea doing Wi-Fi direct.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it, I I don't, I forget where I saw the specs, but I looked at them yesterday. It's a five gigahertz two by two Mimo Wi Fi direct channel. So it's going to be instant, just like you were More watching. Than enough. Yeah.
0: What I like about this is um, Amazon had the wherewithal to release a Fire TV stick or a cube or one, you know, a Fire TV product to, be future like future proof enough to work with this
1: and it mm-hmm.
0: you know it's it it it's a testament to the product roadmap that these tech companies have to deal with right you release yep. something a fire tv stick a cube in you know march april you know that you're announcing this recast in september and that they are they're they're all going to have to work together but you're not telling anybody about the upcoming product. You're just working on it behind the scenes. Um, Not only that, but your HD antenna, which is not made by Amazon, has to work with the TV recast, with the TV stick or cube. And it's all, as you said, very easy to set up.
1: And it does does work over your local network as well. It's not just Wi-Fi Direct. So if you do have you have a a TV in the attic or in the basement, whatever, you can just, that's the nice thing. You can just get Wi-Fi to that thing. And now you have, you know, you can get live OTA TV and to a TV that would normally not be able to do that without an extremely tough setup of getting another antenna out of the house. What's interesting, Jerry, is like, um, I look at the back
0: of this, there's an Ethernet port here. Um, I I don't know about you, but I've been using a Netgear Orbi setup. So there's a base, router, and then there's a Mm -hmm. satellite that's on my second floor. Um, And you can add another one if you want for even more coverage. And each satellite has four um, Ethernet ports. So you can plug directly into them to get even better signal when when it's routing to the base. Um, You can... Put your antenna wherever you want. Plug in a satellite for your mesh router, and then hook it into the TV, uh, the recast, and get much better signal than you would otherwise have to rely on right. with direct Wi-Fi.
2: That that Ethernet port allows you to you know create a a separate its own channel. You know, just like you know a a good mesh router system, like you said, your Orbi has ethernet ports you could string them together for miles if you wanted to because it allows you to daisy chain them together doing that and this will work doesn't matter how you could have a house with walls that have that old chicken wire stucco stuff in them and wi-fi stinks doesn't matter this will work just run a cable
1: and so the, the important differentiation here and what I'm going to advise anybody that's interested in, thing, in this thing doing is buy the higher end model. So the low end one is 229 which may be a shock for somebody that's normally using a $40 Fire TV, but this is just what these things cost. And it has only two tuners. So that means that you can record on one channel and watch on another or unfortunately, if you're watching live on two different TVs you can't record anything right. except for you know what you're actually watching the higher end one is only $50 more has a 1 terabyte hard drive but has four tuners so you could watch you can watch something live in the living room your kid is watching something live on a fire TV in their bedroom and you can still record two channels separately from those so if you're going to go for this you're this kind of Cord cutter nerd, and you're going to go to this level. Buy the higher end one, especially when
2: you consider that a uh, the Fire TV channel guide will take one of those tuners because it's over the internet.
1: Yeah, so the the channel guide is important. It, it's a it's a definitely a big feature here. You get a rolling two week channel guide for all of the channels that it's identified, and the channel guide also pulls in PS View and Hulu Live if you subscribe to one or either of those so you can uh, in the Fire TV interface because that's really all this is designed to work for you can ask for a show ask for a channel it will pull between live TV DVR TV Hulu live Hulu on demand and your all your PS view stuff as well if you go that route so it really is an all-in-one interface that's that's really nice they're working on a couple of the kinks of in the fire TV live and DVR separate and stuff like that. But this is a really nice fill in the gap, especially if you have something like PS view. Yeah. I'm just bummed. It's not available in Canada. So, Oh, I'll, that's all I'll ship you one. It's also uh, the one big caveat for me. And I told Phil this on, on his podcast that the reason why I'm not buying this is there's no browser support. You can't stream to a browser. And that's something that HD home run can do. And that's one of the big reasons why I would want something like this is when I'm traveling, I can watch local TV from my house um, on my laptop. I don't want to just watch it on my phone.
2: I will bet you can do just like Prime Video when it's released and it's all working and everything's together. There'll be, you go to your Prime account and there's a spot where you can watch.
1: I would I would think, but right now they are saying no browser, so I I would think and I would really hope so because that's that's what does it See, for me. Yeah, they, I buy this thing today if they, it's available in the browser. They
2: have to build that for the mobile apps to work. So
1: it's silly exactly. it's silly. They already not know. to, right. <laughs> Amazon knows how to stream. It know it clearly knows how to stream to your phone and it does work over LTE, it's not just local network because they're very clear. This is your recording. You can do whatever you want. There's no DRM implications or anything like that. So they don't have to juggle that stuff. Uh, Like, what do you think the Fire TV is doing? It's just pulling down the the stream over the internet or over your local network. It's it's not like they're doing anything special.
2: But, you know, the browser support, and I'm sure there are other small things that this is missing that HD Home Run and, and other products can do, this is a way to get people who have no idea where to start and have no right. clue this okay this is familiar this will work you can buy this and you understand it you send somebody who has you know has never in, looked into cord cutting before send them to hd home runs webpage and they can't figure it out
1: Yeah, this they can figure just, out their eyes roll back in their head it's just not happening but this is this is making a very nerdy, advanced thing seem a lot more attainable. Right. And of course, it, it sells Fire TVs because it doesn't work with Roku, doesn't work with Chromecast, doesn't even work on a browser. This is really designed for someone that's like, OK, going to buy some 4K Fire TV dongles for 40 bucks a piece, put them in each room, buy this thing, we're done.
0: So the last product that I think we should talk about to to end the show is the uh, Echo Auto. Uh, This is coming later this year. It's invite only right now. So we don't know too much about it. But Andrew, uh, this is the first Echo designed for the car. And the car is increasingly connected. Lots of cars come with built-in LTE now. Uh, lots of connections like Android Auto and and CarPlay, so you can use your smartphone in safe ways. How does Amazon approach um, bringing Alexa to the car? And and
1: and you know what what are they trying to accomplish here? Basically, what they're trying to do is compete with the fact that uh, Android Auto, running on your phone in a car mount, is a really good experience, and Amazon doesn't have doesn't have that. And they're not going to be able to get people to install an Amazon auto app. You know, it's just not going to work. Google is absolutely killing it with that. And also they have, of course, the in dash support for people that want that. So Amazon is taking the Echo Dot approach. Give people a super cheap thing that they can plug in, in this case, into their car and now they have the same experience that they expect from a full Echo in their car instead. The problem here is that it's it's a bit clunkier. So it's this little, um, it's about the size of like a Zippo lighter, It's like a I, puck. I suppose. It's this little rectangular puck with a little light bar on the front. It has one of these, uh, just like a car mount, a sticky bottom on it, but the sticky bottom part, sticks and the uh uh, echo auto hardware actually magnetically clips into it so you can take it on and off i guess for security reasons or sometimes you don't want it you can take it on and off but leave the sticky part kind of a nice little design but you have a usb cable that runs down from it i mean they show it you know nicely placed in the middle of a car dash but then there's this usb cable that has to slink down off your dash you know, presumably kind of hidden down along the line of something has to plug into like a cigarette uh, lighter adapter, or maybe you have a high powered USB port in your center console. So there is that angle. Uh, It connects over Bluetooth, but it also has aux if you have an older car that doesn't have Bluetooth. So they're trying to make this a low barrier to entry with all the basic features uh, to add echo to your car, but they, they don't have the screen part of it. Uh, So if you want to do navigation, it will do navigation. Uh, It uses your phone's uh, internet connection uh, to deliver music and turn-by-turn navigation, or they actually are doing a smart thing. They're giving you deep linking so that you can ask to navigate somewhere, and it can deep link right into Google Maps using... um, Google Maps uh, URL scheme to plug in the destination and you can actually get the visual uh, map from Google Maps or Waze or Apple Maps. So they're doing that part right. But it really feels like this is kind of a weird little thing that doesn't really compete with with Android Auto and being able to just ask, you know, ask Google to play your, you know, all the same audio sources that the Echo Auto can.
2: See, here we're going to disagree again, Andrew. Hit me. I I have two vehicles that uh, I don't want to replace the radio in one of my vehicles. The other vehicle, it's a 1.5 DIN hole, and nobody makes a car stereo that fits that. Uh, That's smart. I
1: get that part. I'm not talking about in Dash, like, that's a whole other thing. I'm talking about putting your phone in a car mount. And using the Android Auto app,
2: but I I I don't want to put my phone in a car. I don't want to use an Android Auto app. I don't want to. I don't want to have to push any buttons. I don't want to have to look at anything. This I want. I as soon as I was able to, I I signed up with three different emails to to try to get an <laughs> invitation because I want to be able to say, you know, how do I get to, you know, the Phillips seventy six station in Savannah, Georgia, and it just starts to tell me when to turn. I don't want to have to look at directions on a thing or say, "Oh crap, I need to hit the button," so the voice comes up. I want it to just work.
1: I'll give you that; it does give that seamless feel for someone that's already into Echoes at home. If you're not, uh, if you're not into using Google Assistant or you don't have a Google Home uh, at home, then yeah, maybe this makes a little more sense for you. I think it's still, it really, it, it's such a tacked on looking solution just by design. Asked. I want
2: this from Google though, because I want to be able to check my email or look at my calendar or look at my work calendar without attaching all that to Amazon.
1: So yeah, you don't, it, this very much is like a music and navigation device Just this is just the Echo thing. It doesn't really have the good integration with calendar or email or messaging. You know, it doesn't have that kind of stuff, but it can give you all of your different audio, uh, you know, services that you've hooked up. It's connected to your Echo account as it is. So if you have all that stuff set up, all you do is just plug it in, and now all that stuff is in your car as well.
2: And I can say, okay, Alexa, I'm home. And my garage door opens and my porch light comes on and my front door unlocks.
0: Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, this leaves me with, with the feeling that Amazon is like Facebook in many ways, competing around the smartphone. And, And I'd like to end it here with, with your thoughts on, on this situation for, for Amazon. It's it's the one of the most successful tech companies in the world. It's considered one of the top five, you know, when you think of the top, the, the big five tech companies, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, uh, and one that I'm forgetting. My-
2: Microsoft.
0: Microsoft. Oh yeah, sorry, Dan Rubino and company. Um, so, you know, when you think about Amazon, you think about how, like Facebook, they tried to dabble in the smartphone, the Fire Phone failed miserably. And the Alexa integration in smartphones is is a little bit hit and miss. We have co- companies like HTC integrating Alexa more um, directly into the OS, but by and large, Google just doesn't let an, Amazon or anybody else really have access uh, in a way that, that would make it a better experience than Google Assistant. So all of these announcements to me it just screams. We're trying to get around the fact that we don't have a smartphone platform, right? And they're doing a great job with it. But how how good can it be if it'll never be in the most important thing in our world, which is the smartphone? And and I'll start with you,
2: Jerry. There's one thing that the entire Alexa ecosystem does so much better than everybody else. And that's automation. And that's because they work with everybody. They make sure that if I built something that could be automated, Amazon would make it easy for me to use Alexa to power it, power, power it. That's something that Apple and Google do not do. I don't know why they don't do it. Uh, And then there's skills and routines. Uh, Google has something very similar amazon it's easier to make them it's easier to understand why you would want them with an echo uh yes i i don't have access to the information in my life that i keep in my phone and that is unfortunate because for everything else alexa does a better
1: job andrew what do you uh what do you think uh jerry absolutely nailed it uh, they They know that they're not, I I really don't think that Amazon's going to try to do the phone again. I don't think that that's a rabbit hole they need or want to go down. They got burned so hard by it. But they're doing the home stuff better as one service and one company. If you want to get in with one platform and have it be simple and inexpensive to all work around your home, Amazon's absolutely nailed it better than any other any other device. You can argue about how one Google Home may be better than one Echo, but as far as linking everything together, Amazon's absolutely nailed it. The question is whether or not they can make up that personal information on your device gap with different services and apps and things. I mean, they still have a head of quote unquote, smartphones at Amazon that purely works on the app and service integration side. And they've done a pretty good, pretty good job with that. But it's just they're never going to have that base level of very personal, very valuable information that Google does, because they're just not they're not built in there. And they're never going to get there with uh, Amazon Fire tablets. You know, those are just kind of appliances. So Amazon has to step up in as much as they can in the services and apps on on phones to try to get anything. They can get people onto some services like music services or video services, but to get people to switch over and start using them, uh, obviously they don't offer email, but for things like email and messaging and uh, all those personal, personal things is gonna be their, that's their biggest and last hurdle
0: that's uh that's those are awesome points um, gentlemen I think we're gonna leave it there thank you f- for being here thank you for for taking over while I was uh, knee-deep in diapers and uh, we're so glad you're back <laughs> and I'm so excited because the next couple of weeks well the whole next month October is full of device launches and uh, and I can't wait to hear what you uh, what you think so it's been it's been a pleasure, and uh, we will see you very very soon. And if you aren't aware, this was episode three ninety eight. Next week will be three ninety nine, and then the week after that is episode four hundred. And we are working on some cool stuff for that, so stay tuned. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. Bye bye, bye everybody. Adios.